0: Hello there wrestling fans and welcome to Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. This is episode number 59. My name is the Twisted Genius Dean and I am joined as ever by my esteemed colleague, sports journalist Liam Hap. Good evening to you Liam on what feels like day 2 million of lockdown.
2: You're, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're exaggerating again Dean it's, it's only like 1.75 million isn't it?
0: It's, it's, it's wrestling. We always exaggerate.
2: It's in the blood. Yeah. What year is this? Who is the president, I should ask? Uh, I'm just getting bleary and delirious. I don't know. You know, All the days are the same. All the meals are the same. Well, at least they taste the same when I cook them, but that was a pre-lockdown problem. Uh, but we're getting by And One of the reasons we're getting by, Dean, is because, as you keep saying, this is a golden age for podcasts. And, Indeed it is. And if we need an example of that, we've got a very special episode here with genuine bona fide wcw world championship wrestling alumni.
0: Indeed we have. So yes, if you are a long-term listener, you will know we have our pay-per-view reviews, we have our nitro watch alongs and once in a while, very rarely we will get a real life person who has been in the trenches in WCW and I'm absolutely delighted to say that we are joined today by Jeannie Williams, better known as Lady Blossom from WCW. Good evening to you Jeannie, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, thanks so much for having me. I'm really grateful. I've, I'm a little congested from hay fever, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good.
0: It is that time of year. It is the time of yeah. year where the bees are all around flying and, uh, and the hay fever is high. But um, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate you uh, having a little chat with us about your time in um, in WCW, and I, I guess the the first thing to ask is, yeah, were you a wrestling fan growing up, or is it just something you you got into uh, later on in life?
1: Actually, no, I I I hadn't seen wrestling um, until um, about 1979. Um, I was 19, and actually, it was here in the UK. And um, one of my friends, her dad was a huge wrestling fan and I would go to her house and I would always kind of hear it in the background on the television. And that would be when Mark Rocco, Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, you know, around that era. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he used to absolutely go to the wrestling matches all the time. Well, one day I was at her house and um, he got ill and he had two tickets to go to an event in South End-on-Sea at the Chris Pavilion. And because we had these free tickets, neither one of us had ever gone to wrestling matches before. So um, we went along and that's when I met Chris Adams, who was wrestling and he actually became my boyfriend. We mm-hmm. we lived together uh, before we even went to the states, so I wasn't a fan, but I did become a fan, obviously after I saw some of the matches in the UK. So it was quite a few years before, obviously a long time before I I went into WCW.
0: Yeah, because um, obviously Chris uh, himself went over to America. Would that be sort of mid mid to late eighties? And did did you um, no, go was over earlier? With him?
1: Earlier, big part. Yeah, no. And- I- we we went over uh, together, yeah, because we were we had we lived together in um, Leamington Spa, and he met a guy called um, Yasu Fuji back in the day, and this guy was a judo guy like Chris, because Chris was a judo guy, yeah. and he said, oh, you know, these guys out in uh, Los Angeles, they were actually called the Labels, Gene Label. they were judo guys, so we kind of got in via his judo connections and we flew over there in about 1980 and we moved into a little hotel originally in uh, Santa Monica and we'd go to the Olympic Auditorium where Chris got his start so yeah it was around 1980.
0: Internationally I suppose was when there's what was a pretty unique feud at the time between um, you and Steve Austin and chris and tony adams in in the uswa and the, the storyline of uh his his wife and and as yeah. you portrayed as the ex-wife i know you you i'm right in saying you weren't at you were never married but obviously you were you were together for a long long time
1: yeah that There's, was used um just purely for the angle the ex-wife
0: yeah yeah but but that was um yeah i mean we I remember I remember as um, as a teenager getting the the Bill Apta mags and and they, that was getting yeah. a lot of coverage and then a few years later there were some USWA VHS tapes coming out and that was featured prominently and and it really felt some something unique and something different at the time I mean how was how was it received in, in the arenas around uh, the USWA area and how did you feel about doing that.
1: You know that that really got hot that angle. I think it actually won an award as the the biggest feud out of all of the wrestling territories. But um yeah it was um I was living in Dallas and Chris just called me up and he said I want to bring you in to this angle. Originally it was going to be with Gina Hernandez but he died. Okay. Um and then he said you know I've got this student uh, Steve Williams. He's um doing really well and I thought we could do this angle and you know it it really got a lot of uh, fans riled up that angle. So yeah they were hot they hated me, you know, because I was the bad guy the yes. And um I had really no training at that point because I had I'd done a little ballet work with Chris in the UK, but um I uh you know, he Steve and I really clicked. We had good chemistry. It was so much fun. That's what I can remember. It was fun because we only had to go in on a Friday night, and then they had TV tapings on the Saturday morning. And so there wasn't a lot of traveling like WCW, so it was sort of just fun because it was just a few hours a week. Yeah. So not going on the road. But, yeah, um, Steve obviously went on to Memphis because sadly that angle got shut down purely because uh, Jerry Jarrett and, and the Von Eriks or something that didn't work out. So sadly, the angle shut down right in the middle of it. But Steve had been um, approached by WCW and they actually put him with a different girl to start. So um, that was vivacious Veronica. I don't know if you've seen that, that she was only there for a week or two. <clears throat> um, I've
0: I've seen the the name mentioned, but I've not actually seen any footage. Yeah. I have to say no.
1: Yeah, because um I I was in Dallas, Steve was in Memphis. We were dating, um and he called to say WCW had uh, asked him to work, and they'd put him with a girl. Well, coincidentally, <laughs> um I was at my house and magnum terry Allen actually called for steve and steve was at the gym and magnum just started talking to me and he's like what do you do and i said well i've done i've done some wrestling work with steve at the dallas sportatorium for the uswa and he goes oh really because we're not sure if we like the chemistry with him and veronica i hadn't seen any of her work neither did i know her or anything mm-hmm. about her, and so the next thing, um, I'd get a call from Magnum to say, Dusty's going to meet you, um, if you can fly to Houston and meet Dusty at the TV tapings, and so I did, and I went for an interview, and then Dusty said, can you start with WCW in two weeks, and they brought me in as with Steve as his new valet, yeah, it was great.
0: Wow. I've got to ask you from that as well. What's a job interview with Dusty Rhodes like? That must be pretty unique.
1: You know, it lasted about 20 minutes. And he, he just said, I like the way you look. I like your accent at the time. Um, and and um, he just said, yeah, he was really, really nice. Um, I was a little, like, shy, because I am a shy person, actually. And, and um, I didn't really know, leaving that interview, you know, what he really really thought except um you know he did did say my name was going to be lady blossom and i was like oh no (laughs) (laughs) i hated it but you know because i didn't have an i didn't go prepared because they just called me genie at Mm -hmm. uh, uswa um but yeah so steve was really happy and i i flew to atlanta and um it was also quick i mean i was like didn't pursue the job because magnum asked me because they were looking for someone else and so it was all s- sort of like talking to magnum and 2 weeks later I was at Santa Stage doing the tv taping so yeah it was really cool to just happen for me like that without trying and uh, so i'm really grateful that that magnum you know just wanted me to come on in, so.
0: Just fell into place nicely. Fell
1: into place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and
0: talking about things that, uh, you know, things that happened quickly, I mean, Steve Austin then won the television title within, I think, a few weeks of joining the company, if memory serves me right.
1: Well, that was my very first match. So he'd been there a few weeks, I came in, and that very first night... That I worked, um, they said we're going to get the TV, what was it called, TV Championship the, belt.
0: Yeah, the world television title
1: yeah, yeah, the world television title, and that I had to go in the ring and scratch Bobby Eaton's eyes, and I was nervous, obviously, but Bobby was so professional, he kind of grabbed my, he grabbed me by the wrists, and kind of pulled my hands, and made it look really good, I mean, I'll give him the credit, and that, so that you know, to to not have any experience much and go in and and Steve to get the belt was like wow, you know, because it happened really quick for Steve, you know he he too you know because he was really green 1989 came in and uh, he just had something special I think that everybody liked.
0: And yeah, how how did how did he take being given the, the title so quickly? Was was he surprised?
1: Um, yeah, um, you know, um, because he just didn't think that was going to happen. And, in, you know, and he kept doing really well until later on when, you know, the Hulk and all those people came in. And then he got fired, of course. But beginning, it was really, really well for him. And he was very happy because don't forget, he was eating potatoes and tuna because he couldn't afford any food. And to be honest, um, seventy-five thousand the first year, and one hundred fifty thousand was like, wow, I'm rich, Do you know, because he was used to getting twenty-five dollars or forty dollars a payoff. So, wow, yeah, extremely yeah. happy. <laughs> I can <laughs> yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah. It and was a uh, back then.
0: <laughs> I mean, one one thing we have uh, we've talked about Liam and I on on previous episodes of be- of because WCW is that. Um, this this era where you are in WCW, I have very fond memories because this was the time that WCW Worldwide was was airing on a weekly basis um, in the UK on ITV. Yes, um, admittedly about two three in the morning, but um, you know every, it, it became a ritual of staying up late on a on a Saturday <laughs> night to watch uh, to watch. Um, WCW Worldwide on after uh, Shagazzulu, of course, Liam. Um, <laughs> which, were you were you aware in over in, in America in Atlanta? Were you aware that the that this was was airing on um, on ITV? And if so, how did it feel to you to be a British person appearing on ITV at this time?
1: No, at the, at the time, I had no idea. But I have found out since, um, from a lot of people. And you know, oh, we used to watch that. And again, they said it was really, really late at night. But no, I had no idea uh, that that it was even airing in the UK. Uh, uh, I would have told my mom. <laughs> <laughs> she would have probably, she wouldn't have stayed up that late, but she would have recorded it.
0: Yeah, set the old but, VHS. Yeah, it
1: would have been been fantastic for me to tell my family, hey, you need to check this out. But I didn't know at the time because I was over there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, do you know what the kicker is, actually? Because a, a lot of the um, those Worldwide that I enjoyed, being a little bit younger than Dean, I was like eight, nine years of age at this stage, and a lot of it that I enjoyed actually came on a Saturday afternoon because they would rerun uh, these Worldwides at that stage around, I think it was like half past one in the afternoon on a Saturday. Obviously, ITV doesn't have much of had like, NBA magazine recaps and just general fluff, and they would stick a bit of worldwide in as well. But I th- I've got a funny feeling that's that more appeasing Saturday afternoon time slot, I think that may have actually only started, like, a bit later on, um, which would have been after you had left OCW, genie So it may, it may have oh, been just a bit of okay. a, a quirk of timing where... Uh, it had they put this deal into operation and done this repeat a little earlier, then there would have been some Saturday afternoon uh, coverage of, of Stunning Steve and Lady Blossom and all the other guys. But, but it was a bit later on when it was like the Hollywood Blondes, that was definitely on a Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, and I, I didn't, I wasn't there that long because I was pregnant, so my daughter yeah. was born in 92, so I only had five months there, but um, I did realize how tough it was on the road even for that five months and being a girl um, I shouldn't even be complaining because um, obviously the guys were the ones taking well I did take some bumps to be honest but um, you know I was just like wow the the amount of hard work is getting because I used to book our flights about 4:30 AM. a.m. Um, no sorry we had to get up about 4:30 a.m. to get really early flights i remember them being about 6 a.m and then you'd get to the new town or the new city which could be new york to atlanta to la do you know what i mean it was all over the states and um and then you'd rent a car and then get to the gym and then to the arena by the time you got back to the hotel it might be midnight and then at 4:30, you're back up and i really respect the guys that Uh, travel like that because we only had like oh gosh about a day or two off in between going back on the road and I was like wow how these guys do this you know these long matches and that but you know I found it quite difficult just staying awake and I can see where a lot of the uh, (laughs) you know where you take meds to help you sleep or and stuff like that but yeah it's quite tough.
0: Um, so Jeannie, how how would you say you were treated as a woman in WCW at this time? Because you know, sexual equality in wrestling in the early nineties was nowhere near what it what it is now.
1: Well, you know, I didn't I didn't notice anything and bearing in mind I was with Steve all the time, so he was quite protective of me and he didn't really like me to mingle much at that time if i'm honest and a lot of the time i would go to my locker room and come out for my match but um as far as dusty and magnum and everybody i'm i have to say they really did treat me well but i like i say i wasn't coming in as a girl on my own i was in a established couple and that may have made a difference
0: i say and you mean you what other? I'm just trying to think what other women would have been around in WCW at this time. At Miss, that
1: time, well, Missy, Missy Hyatt was there. Missy, and she did have a um a lawsuit. Um, mm. they put a photo of her up with a breast showing or something, and I think she sued them. Um, so I think she had may have had some problems. Um, the other girls that were there was Terry, um Terry Runnels. Oh who, yeah as Alexandra York at the time, and then Medusa came in uh, before I left for a little while. So it was me in the locker room, was me, Terry, and Missy.
0: Right. And um, you said about, yeah, you took you took the old bump here and there. You know, did did WCW get you or want you to get any, any wrestling training so you knew how to take those bumps, or was it just done on the fly?
1: <laughs> it was done on the fly. And I had taken a lot of bumps. Uh, actually, at the end, I was taking a lot. And that's why I was, when I was pregnant, I couldn't do it anymore. But yeah, it just kind of like, I knew about an hour before that I was going to be taking the bumps. I wasn't really told until we went over the match. And I had uh, dust Dustin... Um, Uh, did a move where he threw me over his shoulders and Ron Simmons, another match where he ran into me. Um, uh, Yeah, but you know, I don't recall getting hurt at all, but they were just really great. I didn't get hurt. But I remember coming back from the match with uh, Dustin and Steve and they were like, oh my god, are you okay? Are you okay? And it must have looked bad and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And and the other one where Ron Simmons come like crashing into me, they were like, are you hurt? Are you hurt? And I went, so I must have been pretty good at selling it. That's all I can say. It, <laughs> I didn't get hurt at all. But um, I met up with Ron Simmons at a convention recently, and that was so cool. And, you know, he's, it was just really cool to see some of these guys again after all these years. I met so- him at an event in New York.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. So- so are you are you in touch with many people from the wrestling business these days?
1: Do you know I'm in touch with uh, Missy on a very regular basis. I, almost like every other day we chat and we're hoping to get together. Uh, Medusa and I are really good friends still. Matter of fact, uh, we were meant to get together in the UK for the love of wrestling. We were going to go from the UK to Italy together and... Yeah, so I'm in touch with Terry. Uh, I'm not so much in touch with Terry, but I did see her a couple of years ago. Um, the good thing about um, these fan fests is um, I've, I have met up with Magnum recently, Ron Simmons, and, you know, uh, it's amazing that I am still in touch with so many people. Yeah, a lot of people I'm very much still in touch with all the time. If you want... I can ask Missy or Medusa to come on your podcast, but you know, I thought that Medusa's awesome.
0: Oh, that would well, that would be absolutely yeah. awesome. That was, something, that. I was gonna, something I
1: was going to something I was going to say off air, but hey, we. We're, we're, <laughs> we're <here now. laughs> yeah, so no, that she would be is great. Incredible. I, I um have kept a very good friendship going with uh, a lot of people. Yeah, loads of people from wrestling.
0: Yeah, because I've I've got friends that I've known from from wrestling from like 25 years back, and it I think it's it's just the there's a unique bond because it's such a, a strange and crazy and unique business wrestling.
1: Do You know, I just think that people you know don't really get it out of their blood that a lot of the guys, and and like I say with the fan fest for me, it's really great because um, I've met you know so many people from WCW the last two or three or four years since I did a few fan and um, and it's great you know and I've I've really loved you know just catching up and you know it's really funny because I find that um now you talk more to your former colleagues than you did then you know you're like when you're in the industry you talk but Then when it's it's later on, you you seem to like oh let's get together, let's do this, let's do that, you know. So it's cool. And yeah, like I say, I talk to Missy pretty much every well every week for sure, and Medusa, and I talk to a lot of the guys, and we stay in touch. It's really cool. That's really nice to hear. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I've got to include you on this, Dean, as well. As someone in the industry, with all the stories that all of us hear about, uh, like some of the, you know, the, the fallings out and the backstabbing and so obviously some high-pressure situations that a lot of these people with a lot of money on the line uh, find themselves in, it's really good to hear that you guys have made some really good, solid, tight-knit friendships that have, that have stood the test of time. It's, it's really heartwarming, though, I mean that.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't go, you know, a day or two that I'm talking to somebody, you know, so I'm, I'm really happy because it's something that you look back on and you can just say, let's go for dinner and stuff like that, you know.
2: And especially during the lockdown, I mean, speaking well, for right, myself, no. speaking, speaking for myself, <laughs> like my communication has gone up with like some of my good friends and that always checking in with each other. And I can imagine you yeah. guys are really back and forth, making sure everything's good on on each side yeah. of the pond.
1: Yeah.
2: Nice. Um, we were saying how, how
0: strange and crazy the the world of wrestling is. What, what would you say is the, the strangest thing you've ever seen, either in the ring or backstage in your time in wrestling?
1: thing see i I was um with Steve the whole time that I was in the industry, and um, I've heard a lot more stories of these things than I personally dealt with because Steve is very private and he kept our he kept us together uh, very privately, so I didn't really see. A lot of the stuff I hear or read about myself, um, I I don't I don't didn't really see anything bad. Okay. Um, you know so.
0: No of Um, and um, as as a as a heel, um, I suppose especially on the on like the the house shows as opposed to maybe the TV shows. But um, th- did you have any um? Kind of over the top interactions with with fans trying to get get at you oh
1: gosh, at the sportatorium um I would get pokes thrown on me and popcorn and stuff like that, and I had to actually have bodyguard take me to the car this um they could because Chris used to write my um, interviews in u uh, s w a and they mm-hmm. were pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing us. and I um, we would really Chris could come up with some pretty bad stuff, and they would go call me a bitch, a slut, a whore, um, chuck yeah, I'd get coke chucked in my face at the sportatorium. In WCW, they call names out, but I didn't get anything more than that.
0: So uh, a little, a little bit. Uh, more reserved in WCW yeah. than USWA. I
1: think the security <laughs> was a lot better too. Yeah. Ah,
0: good old Doug Dellinger.
1: <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Sorry, go ahead.
1: I was saying Bill Cover, I don't know if you know him, he was the guy in the cowboy hat. He would always be with me all the time, pretty much. Uh,
0: so that's, yeah, it's always good to have. A, a, in um, there are various promotions in this country where that I I do uh, manager gigs for and and where you know you've got that security guy behind you after yeah. the guardrail, it's a little bit of peace yeah. of mind, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um. What you you said that you know, you, you are, are quite shy naturally. So I mean, what what would you say uh, were the differences between Genie and Lady Blossom? Um. It. it
1: it, it's really strange, because when Chris said to me, what he, he said to me, watch Dynasty, and that's an old show where Joe mm-hmm. Collins was a real bitch, and um, I would watch that. Um, yeah, I'm nothing like the uh, character, but it was easier for me to play the character than be myself, you know, sort of like, even at some of the the fan uh they say oh you're so nice we're, we're so shocked you know you 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 were such such a bitch such a heel, and you're so nice and I said but that I was acting <laughs> you know, I <laughs> yeah I wasn't really like that but I think it was easier to play the character than be myself and um it was fun to be some that person on camera and just be snotty and just you know really horrible and I found that a lot fun but as soon as I went backstage everyone hugged me and said good job and then I'd be oh thank you you know <laughs> so I wasn't really anything like the character that there have been a few people that have met me at the band convention and said we can't believe that you're you're as nice as you are and I'm like but, you know, it's a work. <laughs> but <laughs> but then, it, I must have been fairly believable.
0: But then I've, I've always found, or ge- generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, I've found that the, the people who are the nicest people in real life make the best heels in wrestling.
1: I think so. Yeah. And I think it's a much easier job than, I mean, I remember Tony Adams. She would be, you're so lucky you get to play the bad guy. And I've got to go and hug everyone and be nice. And (laughs) it's so difficult to be so nice. It's
0: much (laughs) more fun being the
1: heel. Yes,
2: yeah. Um, would I, guys? Would I be right in saying, uh, as someone who hasn't actually done this, uh, I'm am assuming that as heels uh, performing in wrestling, I'm guessing that when you do, because we all, as humans, we all have those moments, don't we, where we'll be going to the shops and there'll be some arsehole who bumps into us, and there'll be some people who are rude, and and we'll bottle this and we'll use our manners and we just soak it up and we turn the other cheek. Am I right in assuming that when you're being a wrestling heel, the, for both of you, really? when you're being wrestling here it's your chance to let out all of that that built up annoyance at other human beings you just get to unleash it yeah right. you, <laughs> you
1: can be you can do all of that
2: yeah uh, it sounds yeah. Fantastic. fantastic i feel like i've missed out here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to have an and outlet it's
1: a fun it's a fun job to be a hero, it really is yeah, yeah
0: it's, it's wonderful therapy definitely it's, i mean a, yeah I, and
1: you can give you can give people a look and they'll give you a look and you can go say something or be yeah, you know, be just really mean and you can say it's part of the character. But deep down, it's a lot of fun as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah where, where else could you look someone straight in the eyes, insult them, tell them to shut up yeah. and not have any retribution? Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then get them to buy your merchandise
2: afterwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I... am enough, I... you know. Um, some sometimes you would be a really bad heel, and then they loved it to shout at you, and you shout back. And then after the show, they go, "Can we have your autograph, please?" It's almost like they enjoy uh, having their outlet to shout at someone as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's and like they're playing they're their part, part and you're playing your yeah, part. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've had that plenty of, of times as well. I mean, I've. As as Liam well knows, I've I've had uh, a fan literally punch me in the face and then and then Sorry try and give that. me a hug. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a fan punch me in the face and then try and give me a hug at, at, the, at the um after after the show's finished. So um,
2: yeah, that's Lesson. like a that's typical it. Friday night boozer situation. You know, s- six <laughs> jars fight and then you're buying him his next drinks the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: it's, it's it's real and worthy, What can I say? <laughs> Um, now, on the subject of, of merchandise, it would be remiss of us not to mention the fact that there is a, a book of yours, Autobiography Through the Shattered Glass. Is that still available to, to buy if people want to get a hold of that?
1: Yeah, it's on Amazon, and um, I do sign copies um, if people send me a message on my Facebook at Jeannie Clark or Jeannie Williams. Now, my book is not all about wrestling. It does have a lot of wrestling in it, but it it's more about my personal journey as well. So um, I I have been so grateful to fans who've left such good reviews for the book, um, saying that, you know, if anybody suffers from depression, addiction, um, and stuff like that, that there's a lot of that in it as well, sort of what goes on for people within the industry and and out of the industry.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's um, it's yeah. I mean, mental health is something that is is people are mo- much much more willing to talk about now than than ever before, and 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 that's definitely a yes. good thing. So um so yeah, definitely sounds like uh, a very good purchase uh, that can be made for for all of our listeners out there. I mean, how how did you find um, adjusting from the wrestling world to to normality, if I can call it that, once you, once you retired and was starting a family?
1: Well, um, some of the stuff I do mention in my book is I did have quite a hard childhood. And um, I was always moving home to home. And then when Chris and I were together, we were moving territory to territory. And one of the things that was my dream was to have a family in my own home which somehow throughout my life I'd never had that so when I, we were at Halloween Havoc which was one of the bigger pay-per-views um I have a little have a little bump in the coming out well, I was probably about two or three months pregnant um and um what happened was Steve and I went looking for houses straight after I came out of the industry and we went to tons of different properties and I actually had a dream of mine personally because I was having a baby and I got married and I was decorating and to me that was like my biggest dream so for me it was like amazing that um, we lived in Atlanta in a log home for like four years we were extremely happy and I was actually really 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 happy coming out of the industry just because I've never had that kind of family unit during my whole life so mm-hmm. for me it was a really good thing
0: oh wow. and um and finally well while we're on the, the subject of uh, of of steve i have just got to ask you is it true or is it urban legend did you come up with the stone cold name inadvertently
1: i came up with stone cold but i'm not taking all the credit and because what happened was we were watching a tv show and it was about a man called the ice man who was some mafia kind of guy and steve said i really want and a character like that but he couldn't use um Iceman like the show because that had been used by ice king parsons so he had called vince and um he said i want this temperature based ice cold kind of killer thing and and i remember getting all these faxes through from wwf at the time and and the faxes were our uh, names like really corny names are ice ice um what was there was a like ice man ruthless or something anyway they they were they didn't work and because i'm english and i drink tea one day, a few days after that, um, I said, well, drink your tea before it gets stone cold. And then I said, there you go. There's your name, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I think it was a combination of his concept and me just saying, drink your tea before it gets stone cold. That is true. Yes. Beautiful. And so, and so that's how the name came out.
0: That is fantastic. <laughs> Great stuff. Jeannie, um, Liam, anything else you want to, uh, you want to ask while we, uh, while we have our guest here?
2: Yeah, one thing I did uh, want to touch upon, although it was some time after your your own time in WCW, so about pretty much a decade after you had retired and left WCW yourself, uh, WCW itself, the doors closed, you know, various business practices, and it was losing money, and it closed in March 2001. I was just wondering if you could recall uh, whether or not uh, WCW or wrestling general was registering much on your radar at that time. Uh, what, what, if so, what your feelings were when you heard the news that WCW was no more, and was being bought by WWE?
1: Well, I think um, Steve was was um, had at the time fallen out with Eric Bischoff because he got fired, mm. and um, all as I remember is is is. Um, you know, he he had no feeling about it. And I personally wasn't actually watching WCW at that time because Steve had left. Yeah. And um, you know, and I think Steve did so well as Stone Cold Steve Austin in WWE that uh, he probably didn't think too much of, of it. But I think it's kind of sad myself. It was really cool having those Monday night uh, wars, wasn't it? The Rating oh, wars. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Well,
0: to that was where. Was yeah.
1: yeah,
0: and and also I think that's where Vince McMahon's at his best when he's got competition.
1: Yeah, I mean he shuts everything down, doesn't he? Did he try <laughs> that with 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 the World of Sport here?
0: Yeah, Did once they, World of Sport um, yeah. launched here, NXT UK suddenly launched and, um,
1: In and Hunter with the the tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's had a real yeah. big
0: impact on the on the UK the independent UK scene as That's well because sad, yeah the isn't it? Yeah, yeah the the top the top guys are now exclusive to NXT you don't get to see them elsewhere I and mean, yeah but what it has done as well is it's it's sort of made other people step up um, to the mark step up their game so there's there's pros and cons I I guess but it's um...
1: I I thought it was quite exciting when they said they were bringing World of Sport back mm. as well. And I thought, wow, that's really cool, you know. And, um, that is sort of a nice to have a bit of competition, but he's he does kind of come in and say any competition he's gonna, you know, knock him out, you know.
0: That's where he is. Where he is, I guess.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, do you uh, do you do you follow uh, modern day wrestling that much, or is it not really part of your life?
1: Um, you know, I, I talk to people in the industry about what's going on, but I haven't, I don't watch WWE anymore. No, I haven't watched WWE for, for quite some time.
0: Okay, fair enough. Some people might say right now you're not missing a <laughs> missing an awful
2: lot but... no you're really not but I, I think Dean and I would both personally recommend the British wrestling scene you know once we uh, once we are able to get out of the lockdown and, and things get back to a bit of normal uh, I think despite the fact that yeah they've really made an attempt to lock down a lot of guys with NXT UK I still think there's a much better scene than there was like decades ago so yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd make a personal recommendation that the, the local scene remains fantastic and full of great people so
1: and there's a new british champ isn't there i do know that yes uh, drew, Mac- yeah. drew mcintyre
0: so yes very proud to Brit- yes I've very nice to
1: have a british champ there. and they did a great uh, promo with in the scottish um i saw that you know where he was out kind of looked a bit like um uh, the highlander or something where they did yes. get- oh yes yeah. That was awesome. That was great.
0: Yeah, he's he has done so well for himself, Drew, and very well, yeah. very well deserved, very well deserved success. Absolutely. Okay. Um, before we go, Jeannie, if people want to get a hold of you on social media, how can they find you?
1: Um, I'm Clark Jeannie on Twitter, and I've got Jeannie Clark or Jeannie Williams on Facebook.
0: Great stuff. Okay. And that book as well, Through the Shattered Glass, and you can find that on Amazon. You say, have people want to get an autographed copy? Can they get that via Amazon as well? Or do they?
1: No, they, they have to ask me and I'll sign it and, and then I'll mail it to them.
0: Awesome. So just get hold of you on, on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, Jeannie, thank you so much for giving up your time to talk to us. It has been absolutely fascinating. We are really, really grateful for you um, for spending some time with us and um, opening the door on your time in WCW. So yeah, take- I'm
1: grateful to you. Thank you for asking. It's been fun.
0: Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bye-bye. Thank you, you
1: Jeannie. Bye. 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 Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett. The chosen one and you're listening to because wcw now choke on that
0: wow what a lovely lady
1: oh absolutely
2: uh yeah i I was really looking forward to that we we always love having guys on who have got uh tenure experience with world championship wrestling while it was still alive on the show but yeah I i think Jeannie may well be top of the uh the niceness stakes. Fantastic little chat. Very, very much appreciated to have her on, uh, taking a taking time out of her evening to come and join us. Yeah, uh, that, that was good, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and um, you know, just lifting the lid and li- looking a little bit behind the curtain on things like that. A job into dusty roads, man alive. How about that?
2: <laughs> and it's all you know. We've had a few alumni on, but I, I think we can say that is our first itv era mm-hmm. that is there's the first person who was on even if it was just those as we said earlier it was probably just those 2am ones but still it's part of the a very cherished era of our childhood the itv era and those do worldwide and we have our first official member of that of that cast join us on the show and that was fantastic
0: Indeed, yes. Well, we will have. Uh, we are lining up a few more guests, both interviews and pay-per-views and uh, reviews and things like that. So uh, we will be back very shortly with another episode. Um, probably a Nitro watch-long, but we'll see what happens. Be rude not to. Uh, indeed. So uh, yeah, you can follow us, please. If you do like this, then um, then just. Uh rate and review us and subscribe to us um wherever you get your podcasts from you can follow us on twitter at because wcw you can follow us on facebook.com forward slash because wcw um and yeah thank you for downloading us we really do really appreciate everybody who um follows us so um on behalf of liam happy this me the twisted genius saying thanks for joining us we'll see you ringside.